G'day guys, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I'm your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us for episode 235 with Mr. Bruce Foreman, Scotty Henderson today. We're going to jump straight into it. Uh, it's, wow, it's that time of year, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very debatable this year, isn't it? But anyway, we're going to soldier on. Uh, thank you for supporting us throughout 2020. It has been one hell of a year. It's been one hell of four years, but it's definitely been one of the worst years for all of us. And um, our hearts go out to everyone that's been going doing doing it tough. There's a lot of people out there doing it really, really tough. And damn, it's uh, that's that's really sad. Really, really sad. So, but we're going to try and cheer you guys up in some way, shape, or form, or just make you regret tuning into this podcast altogether. So either way, uh, remember go to guitarwank.com. You can sign up for Patreon um, and support the show like that, which we really appreciate. And you'll get the lessons off Bruce Foreman. We get those happening. Uh, you can donate or you can just leave us a review, which is huge. You know what it's like, the internet. Leave a review. It helps immensely. Share us. Do whatever you want. Um, all the above. This is, as I said, episode 235. We're going to do, I think we've got two or three more, and uh, we might take a little break, a little breaky poos, and um, yeah, re, re, re gather ourselves and come back in 2021. Magically, everything will be amazing, right? That's what we uh, want. But until then, uh, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone who listens or supports the show. It means a lot. We do this out of fun. <laughs> I know, right? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, we try and make this fun. And uh, yeah, we do our thing and we hope you guys enjoy it. We hope it gives you some entertainment for a little bit takes you out of whatever you're dealing with but uh thank you thank you so much for your support so without further ado let's get in the show welcome the two maestros and um we'll get into it and we will catch you all hopefully in 2021 it's gonna be a better brighter year yeah we're gonna get through it and uh, and move on with this shiat and be done with it but um, yeah, be safe. Have a fantastic, safe holiday. Be careful out there, and um, thank you for all of your support. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you in 2021. All right, Mr. Brucey Foreman, Mr. Scotty Henderson, welcome. That was my that was my new song, Vaccinate and Rhythm. <laughs> Vaccinate <and> Rhythm. <laughs> Vaccinate <and> Rhythm. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. For you Gershwin fans, that will actually almost be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's it's been a while between hangs. I know. But it, who, who, last, lost who, who was on the show last time? Was that Beth? Yeah, Beth was our last guest. Oh, that's been a long time. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. But she posted, you saw her post, though. It was great. <laughs> her post was good. <laughs> I asked her if she'd mind backing off that sexual harassment lawsuit because <laughs> we can't afford it. 
Man, man, well, I'll tell you, I'm going to keep suing her until she pays, man. <laughs> That's right. Goddamn right. She should. Damn it. Oh, man. God, man, we're fine. She may have, she may have an, a guitar endorsement, but you know what I mean? Uh, I'll figure out how much that was is worth, you know, and I mean, we get to court, you know. That's right. Man, I can't believe we're, we're actually... You know what? To be honest, I didn't think you guys would make it this far. Uh, you know, yeah, I know. Well, we are technically, I mean, like, Martin Luther <laughs> King Day, will, will, which is the middle of January, which is by the time you finally get this out, out there. Um, now, this will go up tonight. Fifth year. That's our fifth year. Five years, yeah. No, this will this will go up tonight. Oh wow! Okay, well, this is like in anticipation of our fifth year, in case we don't really make it. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be? Yeah, which right. is like living in Troy is like just waiting for us to cack so he can like really cash in on this year. What is plan all along, Scott? And, and go more into debt. <laughs> no, I well, was I was actually I wasn't talking about guitar wank. I thought I was I was talking about covid i thought that would have got you yeah. guys by now oh i thought you were just talking about gravity and old age <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna get us for sure i'm glad you guys are i'm glad we're all safe do you guys know anyone that's got it yeah lots of people yeah lots of people yeah. but luckily the people that i know that got it they got through it wow because they were not well i don't want to say this but, you know, I mean, we pr all know that a lot of people that don't make it through it, the reason they don't is because they're either obese and they've got serious problems already, diabetes, whatever, diabetes and, and pre-existing conditions. You know, there's a lot of fat people in the United States, man. Oh, yeah. And that's not a good idea to get COVID if you're fat. And those people are the ones that I don't think they say much about it in the news, but I have a feeling that a lot of the people that die of COVID are the obese people we see, you know, I mean, I've, I've had many friends over here in Europe and when they come to the Midwest, I've been to some trips in the Midwest and stuff with people that aren't used to seeing what we have grown accustomed to seeing. They just don't see that in Europe. You don't have ads for Jenny Craig on every five minutes in Europe. Or you drugs. Know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of obese people here, and I think a lot of the victims of COVID have been not in good shape. But the people that I've known that have got it are just skinny guys like us, you know. Right. And somehow managed to get through it. They're healthy. And, I mean, they've been older guys, too, older than me. Yeah. You know, 60, in their 60s, past 65. But they got through it because they didn't have any terrible conditions already. Yeah, and they made they made it through, but they said it was hell. Wow! But they said it was a drag. You know, yeah. um, my friend Jim McIntosh had it, and uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's he's the guy that helps me put my clinics together in Vegas and helps me with the gigs in Vegas, and he's been a friend of mine since Jesus. I've known him for probably almost fifty years. Right. And um, yeah, he got it. And it was own, his own fault. He had a Halloween party at his ha house, and there were a few guys not wearing masks. That's how he got it. Damn. It's like, yeah. You know, the, the whole obese thing, it's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, well, you know, it's, of course it's the people's fault, but this country is, 
it's really set up. If you're not on top of your shit, you're, it's set up to make you fat. Yeah, because there's so much junk food. The food so here is food. is yeah. shit. You got to really make sure you're on top of your stuff. You, it's so easy yeah. to just eat shit. What they feed you, it's cheaper. It this country is set up to be fat, and it's a sad fact. And American government doesn't care about its citizens, its health wise, because they should have been saying that in day one, dude. This is a great time to get in shape and look after your yeah. health because of look, COVID. I- the last time I remember somebody even thinking about it was when we had the Terminator for our governor. And right. he had this health thing that he was really trying to promote. And a lot of people jumped on that and tried to improve their, you know, I'm one to talk, man. I'm in not in great shape. I mean, I'm not fat, but I should work out more. I should do more, you know, yeah, I'm not one to talk, man. I, 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 sh- I should be ashamed of myself. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I need, to, I need to work out more. I need to be more healthy. I spend a lot of my time sitting. It's my job, you know? Yeah. Sitting there with my guitar. Um, I should at least be standing sometimes. You know, it's, it's really hard. This whole COVID thing, I went on a massive health kick. And I come from a fitness background. I used to be a personal trainer and all that shit. And I'd put on a bunch of weight since our daughter was born and I got sick of it so I went hardcore and my goal was being to getting back to a six pack and being really in top shape and I've been going hardcore and I'm 49 now it has been the hardest thing I've ever done so I don't even know how someone does it who's say 50 60 100 pounds overweight who doesn't have any background in fitness and has to do that it's it's near impossible it is so fucking hard and you got everything working against you, like the society, everything, the supermarkets, everything is working against you. They don't want you to be healthy, so it's well, hard, know, man. I mean, and not not to change, not to modulate or change the subject, but but metaphorically, you're speaking about music too. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like a lot of us we play music, and those of us that stay in shape, right? You know, it's easy to keep it all going, but then there's a lot of us who kind of, you know, because life, you have to make money or you have another job or you have, you know, things that pull you away from the music and then you want to get back into it and you find your 50, 100 pounds, you know, the equivalent of 50, 100 pounds overweight, not at your fighting place. And how do you get the music back, you know, to, you know, to not be discouraged and to just keep playing and to just, you know work you know with with like focusing on a goal and making it happen well like scott said we all sit we all sit down we most of the time we're sitting down playing or we're sitting down working on the music so it's and that's sitting down is like one of the worst things you can do for long periods of time i mean it's it's not a good thing so everything is working against us so I know, Bruce, you're, you're a really active guy. Like, you go for walks. Oh, no, no, I thought you were going to say a really obvious problem. Person <laughs> no, yeah. you're, a, you're an active guy. You go for walks. You're constantly getting out. Know, and you. One of the things, I, I have a dog. Yeah. You know, so she needs, she needs to walk. She's a border collie. She needs to get out there. So we walk often and long distances. And that's her talking right now. Uh, what, Ruby? <laughs> Am I lying? Oh, wow. Are you real good dog? Yeah, she's a good dog. Um, but, you know, I mean, there I, you haven't, you know, I mean, that's one of the things, you know, I mean, I, I'm, but I'm a 
person who like moves around and has a lot of energy. So, I mean, I have a high metabolism that works in my favor. Yeah. But I do move around a lot, and I don't. I like if you know, give myself twenty minutes or so of playing, and then I put the guitar down and I move around and do something else, you know, and then get back to it real fast, you know. And I'm not saying that works for everybody; it just works for me. But I was just thinking metaphorically how sometimes you know you get you get up busy because you got a job or you got a family or whatever and you just you know your music kind of suffers and then getting back into shape musically becomes this hill to climb that's hard to do you know and i mean and a lot of it's just our perspective you know it's like no find the joy find the energy and, and the passion in doing it and then the rest takes care of itself you know, lose that negative, like, oh, I'm not as good as I was before, or, oh, I need to do this, and just get involved and do it, you know, I mean, much like walking your dog, you know, it's it's great to think, I gotta walk the dog, I gotta walk the dog, but, but when you get out the door, you know what I mean, and you're out, then you're walking the dog, and everything sort of takes care of itself, and music is a lot that way, I think, I think well, a lot of it, I mean, we all know that the hardest part of shedding is getting the guitar out of the case, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it really is the hardest part of practice. Yeah, but, but but getting back to the health thing, which musicians don't think about it, how many guys have you known, musicians, that you've known over the years that have been amazing players and got this gift and they give so much to people and through their music and then they've let their health go and they've suffered, they've paid the consequence. They died lots, because of it. Lots of guys, man. Right? Look at Ted Green, man. He's a perfect example. Ted Ted Green was really not in good health through his last four or five years on this earth and people warned him go to the doctor get yourself checked out right just he just wasn't into doing it and 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 i know some other people too that that have died actually um i don't want to mention their names they're close friends but they were associated with mi same thing they, they knew they weren't healthy they were showing signs of, you know, really bad signs of things that aren't supposed to happen, and they ignored them. Yeah. They didn't go to the doctor, get it checked out. They didn't, and then before you know it, they're gone. It's it's and, hard, man. Yeah. As you get older, and especially if musicians, we're talk. not rich either. And if we haven't, someone hasn't got health care, yeah. or you just it's it's easy to push it aside and just go, I'll be yeah. right. We'll deal with it later. It is. I'm like Bruce. I've got dogs and the dogs are my saving grace. They get me out and get me running and get me, you that's know, some, huge. some that's, exercise. I should get more, but at least that's, I got that. That is huge. Just walking is huge, man. That's all you have to do. Just but the number of hours I'm sitting in a chair every day is pretty bad. I'm yeah. telling you. It's like a banker. I might as well be working at a, at a cashier's, you know, nine to five, I'm sitting in a chair. That's why I changed my yeah, recording. Less money goes through your hands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why I changed my recording studio day to be standing up. I stand up majority of the time. Yeah. And it's, it's huge difference. Yeah. But, you know, it's not everyone well, can do speaking, that. Speaking of health, I just want to uh, share some good news in that uh, John Pisano earlier this week had a, a heart I guess it's an operation. It wasn't open heart surgery. It was one of those, you know, 
Um, Did it have a stint? When they go in through the vein, they, it would be angioplasty, except for that wasn't the procedure. It was some sort of procedure where you kind of go in. It's not as physically invasive, but they worked on his heart, and they corrected some stuff, and he's back home. And he says he's feeling better than ever. And, I wow. mean, he's like 89 years old, you know? So That's great. And he's out there, he's excited to get back to playing and back to walking his dog and back to gardening in the garden, you know. So uh, That's good news. That's yeah, really, really good. good. I mean, for me, I was really worried about it. I'm so happy to hear that he's, you know, feeling better and already. I mean, I talked to him, he sounds a whole lot more energetic than he did last week. So that's really good. That's awesome. Great. So what have you guys been Tell up to? Hi. Tell him hi when you, when, you, when you talk to him. I'll okay? probably talk to him over the next couple of days. So Yeah, like, please tell him hi for me. So what have you guys got into a routine? I know Bruce has with uh, Instagram and everything he's been doing. And what, what about you, Scott? Have you got into some sort of routine yeah, now? Or? Yeah, I am. I'm writing again. Right. So um, I kind of got tired of all the being a student. I guess I, it wore off on me. And I and I and I said I got to get to work, you know, because if I don't get to work, I never will. It's just like what Bruce said about practicing. It's like the the hardest part of composing is the application of the ass to the chair. Mm. Yeah. So I just start doing it and 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 deal with the self hate that comes along with it. Because <laughs> you know, there's a it's a I, I'm telling you, man, I. It, there's something about composing. It is so less forgiving than guitar playing. Right. Because I, you know, I practice a lot. I'm still practicing this. The one thing I'm not going to do this time, which I've done in the past, is I get into writing and I just don't really practice very much. I just really, that's it. I just write. But this time, I'm practicing at least three hours a day, and then writing on on top of that. And and the funny thing is, is that. When I practice, that's actually more of a bottomless hole, a rabbit hole, than composition because you're going to finish your tune. It's going to be done. And whereas practicing, you're never going to be finished. <laughs> you're going to practice till the day you die and still not know as much as you want to know. Yeah. But the, it's funny how you would think that they would have opposite effects on you, but they have the opposite effects on me. When I practice, I feel pretty good. Right. It's like I feel like, yeah, man, I'm improving. I'm 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 practicing inner urge for some reason. I have no idea why. I just always liked that tune, never really worked on it much. But I'm playing inner urge and I've got it up way past giant steps tempo and I'm kind of nailing it and playing motifically on it and stuff and couldn't be happier. You know, and then and and then I start writing and I just want to set fire to my hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so revealing, isn't it? It's kind of, it is really not fun. And I guess that what that one guy, and I forget who said it, but he said, if you're having a good time while you're writing, you're probably writing a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I don't know. Maybe he may have something there because I don't enjoy it that much, but I know I got to do it. And, you know, you have those moments where you go, yeah, this is cool. This is great and happy with it. But most of the time it's pretty frustrating because, it's it's weird when I'm recording the stuff that I come up with, I think it's good, but when I listen back to it, 
it's a I'm in a different frame of mind because you know when you it's just sort I look at it like sort of like when you when you're comparing pedals mm. and they kind of sound the same it's like while you're playing them you don't really notice much of a difference cuz you're you've got a thought process going on while you're playing but when you record them on two different tracks and then you're listening back you can really hear those subtle differences because your mind isn't occupied by playing you can use 100% of your brain power to listen to what those sounds sound like. Right, yeah. And that's sort of like writing for me. Like, I often I'll think I wrote something really good, and I'll record it, and then when I listen back to it, I'll realize, you know what, that wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that's frustrating <laughs> as hell. Yeah, it can be pretty frustrating. But whatever, you know, eventually it'll <coughs> get done, and some good stuff will happen. You have to be patient, wait for it. Yeah. So what? that's it. That's, that's all I'm doing. That's where you're at. Bruce, what about you, mate? You, you got the Instagram. Oh. How many Instagrams? I hit 200, uh, I think yesterday. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I do that thing first course of the day and that's a real, you know, it's like a, it's like a job, you know, now I get up in the morning, the first course of the day I play, I have to think about what I'm, what song I'm going to play. I want to, present the song you know at some point i want everybody to know what song i'm playing over so i gotta kind of either you know introduce it earlier in the middle of the piece right make something happen end it in less than 59 seconds right right and and so it's a challenge you know i mean and it's of course i mean it's it's a non-editing process it's like uh you do it. I mean, the only reason I would do a second one is if it like I misjudged it and it took longer than a minute, so I'd have to redo it faster or something, you know, or pick a different song or choose to do half of it, whatever. Um, so there's that jazz element of it and the danger element. Uh, so that's been really fun, just to have that responsibility and to think about music in terms of arranging as much as spontaneous arranging as much as you know presenting it uh been really working on just you know just playing the guitar and finding the sounds that are going on in my head chasing all that you know listen a lot listening a lot to music and kind of channeling that not really guitar players i'm kind of more into uh art tatum and phineas newborn on the piano that's kind of been where I've been really intrigued by trying to not play what they're playing, but convey what they, the totality of what they're playing when they're playing. So I'm doing that. Uh, you know, the usual stuff, going back over tunes that I, I always wanted to really learn deeper that I haven't bothered to put them in new keys to see if they, talk to me in different ways, you know, let the guitar sort of open up, you know, I mean, in the past years when I played those tunes, I was playing a guitar that was real super non-key centric in terms of the way guitars work, you know, it was a kind of a mid-rangey jazz guitar playing in E flat, you know, <laughs> most of the time. And then I take these songs and I move them over to D or A or G and C. And then like all of a sudden with a guitar that's it's got a lot more acousticity to it. I'm finding, you know, open strings and new counterpoint kind of things that bring life to them. So I'm, I'm really working hard, you know, I mean, it's, it's... So you're playing a lot. 
you guys yeah, are playing a lot. And I'm really proud. A lot of those first courses of the day on Instagram over the last while, I mean, I'm hearing myself do stuff I never thought, I know I never thought about before the pandemic hit. You know, I can just hear that, wow, you know, my my head is going in a different place, mostly because I'm not really thinking of myself in terms of being part of a group, but being alone. Mm. So that now I have the freedom to do a lot of stuff that would really, in, in the case of being in a group, would be just kind of too much. It would just be taking over. It wouldn't leave room for the other people to interact with, you know. And frankly, I did have an experience where I did a kind of a COVID duo session in a recording studio. And we played a song, me and a, just a saxophone player duo. And we did the first take, and he loved it. And he says, boy, that was great. Let's keep that. And I said, you know, can I listen back? And I listened back, and I was horrified by just how much space I filled up. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because I'm so used to being by myself. I just play everything I fucking hear. You know what I mean? And and because I hadn't been in a situation where I wanted to leave room for somebody else, I said, can we do it again, please? He said, Sure. And then I played the second wave a lot more in, you know, in terms of accompanying him and leaving him space to play. And then when it was my turn to play, I played, you know what I mean? And, and to me, it was so much better. And it's just, just like, hey, we're all products of our environment. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Not, no reason we should be, you know, uh, apologetic or, you know, feel bad about it. But at the same time, you know, we need to really remind ourselves where we are in the moment, you know, and, you, and, and what that showed me was, wow, being alone by alone for nine months and just following every sound that just entertains my ear. Right. And then I get into a place where I'm playing with other people. Wow. I got to leave them room to play, too. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, yeah, get back. You know, Now, this is my reality, not this other. reality. Oh, you could just say, fuck them. He was totally cool with leaving it the way it was. <laughs> to me, it was just like, God, I would have like, I would have said, Jesus, who's that fucking guitar player? You know? <laughs> so um, I'm grateful he gave me another shot. And, you know, I have no problem with what I played the first time. It's that I didn't really leave room for him to play. Is that... that is that going to be the way with the when everyone gets out of this pandemic and we start I playing together? Will, everyone's just going to be playing I, I do, together. I do predict there will be a lot of that readjustment for a lot of us. Yeah, I, I think do. there will be too. Steve Carden has said the same thing you said. He said he had a gig and he was like, "Oh shit, I'm playing with people. <laughs> Got to play different." You know, that's what that's what um, getting back to writing is doing for me because now. I'm not like I've had a bunch of Zoom students and people and they're listening to me play and they're going, so when are you going to do a solo guitar al album? <laughs> because I'm just like filling up every space and playing all these chords and melodies and stuff. And 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 they almost think that's what I they think that's what my intention is, you know, because right. I'm playing so much guitar and they're going, oh, I see you're getting ready for a solo guitar album. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not really. I'm just... Well, I, I would love to hear that, Scott. I would really love stuff. to hear that. It's like I'm just doing stuff. I'm just playing chords and melodies at the same I know, time. But I mean, to me, you know, uh, I would love to hear what's going on in your head, you know, from that point of view rather than, you know, yeah. I mean, 
because you, I mean, you are obviously so brilliant on the side of arranging and creating a, a painting with, you know, with other people and, and various parts that you layer. And you're so brilliant at that, but you're also just a brilliant player. And I, I, I for one, would love to buy that record to hear you just play solo and hear what you do when you just indulge the guitar and you don't, yeah. you don't leave those pieces for everybody. And you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, like, I totally, and, and I've, you're not the first one that's told me that like this, our friend Tony in Chicago. Yeah. He's heard me do some of my stuff and he's like begging me, Scott, you got to do a solo guitar album. <laughs> like, dude, I don't know how, you know, I mean, I guess I can sit there and, and, and play by myself, but what I'm missing is all the little, um, I don't know what you call them, little embellishments that so many solo guitar players do. Like, I, I don't have any of that stuff. I, I mean, I do have some moving lines through some chords, but mainly it's just block chords and melodies. And, and what I'm trying to do now is get open strings involved in some of the stuff because i love to have open strings involved in my voicing so i'm sometimes i'm having to transpose something to another key to see if i have better luck getting some open strings to show up have you have you scott have you tried an open g chord those i love (laughs) that's god's chord you you like the lennon g or the or the mel bay g (laughs) (laughs) the eagles g lennon you mean Stalin and Lennon? G? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. The Stalin and Lennon one, the one where he plays, he doesn't let the open B ring. Yes, yeah. that's, that's like the one when I was when I was in Russia one time. We were taking a tour, and the guys that were with us said, "Here, this statue of Lennon," and I went, "John Lennon." <laughs> <laughs> they got a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i have what i have been noticing is you know I, I i check out that modern guitar channel on youtube and um a lot of the guys you know lee they they're always playing snippets of themselves playing by themselves because covid right everybody's doing it and and i see a lot of the stuff they're playing and i go mm, yeah i'm my stuff is a little rawer I don't have any of those really fancy embellishments going on as much as the other guys do, you know, but I, whatever, it's, it's all no, good. I mean, again, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, but, but, you know, I mean, take it away from the guitar, you know, I mean, when we're, cause, yeah. cause we're so guitar centric and you listen to like solo piano players, you listen to an art Tatum, then you listen to Fats Waller, then you listen to Bill Evans, then you, you know, I mean, these are all the very best of the best too. Mm-hmm. You know, you listen to Bobby Timmons, you listen to Finest Newborn, you listen to Hank Jones, and everybody's got a different way of cutting the pie. And you would never like we, you know, as 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 listening to him go like, boy, he well, he's got more chops, but you know, they're all great, right? I mean, but it's somehow with guitar players because we play guitar, we're like caught in this weird judgmental thing. Mm-hmm. It's about the music. I mean, does the music come across? Does the song hold together? You know what I mean? Does do you communicate the move, move movement inside that song or that piece that needs to happen? And it can be jaw dropping chops, or it can just be swinging, 
or it can just be melodic or it can just be beautiful tone, you know, and it's still valid, you know what yeah. I mean? But somehow we guitar players are just not normal humans, you know, <laughs> in the way that we hear music. <laughs> Isn't that an understatement? <laughs> well, you know, part of part of what's I think part of what's going on with me, and I'm sure it goes on with you too, because you know you've you've been in so many bands with multiple members, not just trios, but like with <laughs> saxophone players and keyboard players. And I'm used to playing in a trio. That you know, when you start playing solo guitar, um, you you feel like. I mean, and you do have to do it all. What I miss is I miss, wow, if I had a bass player, he could be playing this melody and I could be playing these other voicings right. and I would have more, you know. Or if I had a drummer, he could fill up that space that needs to be filled up because I don't want it to be just constant guitar going all the time. So as I write and I, as I start putting down these things in the computer that used to be just me playing by myself, and leave space for the bass and drums, to me it becomes more like real music only because that's sort of where my heart lives with a band. It's right. just where my heart lives, you know. I'm so used to it, and it feels like home to me. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I'm so used to, like, you know, giving a bass player a melody or writing some counter lines for a bass to go against what I'm playing, and that's what sort of makes me feel at home. But, like but yeah, and of course, and I mean, no, you know, no one's disputing that, but I mean, just like, have you ever gone back, you know, you, you've got, shit, years of bands with arrangements, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard numerous iterations of that through your mm -hmm. career. Have you ever just sat there with your guitar and said, well, I'm going to recreate that arrangement the best I can just by myself? Yeah, I have. And, and it's a really cool creative exercise, isn't it? Yeah, it is a great creative exercise. Uh, in fact, I was working on doing the first piece on on the People Mover album, Transatlantic. I was working on doing that as a solo guitar piece. Right. And it was fun, and I was having fun doing it, but then I just kind of gave up around the middle of it, and I said, okay am I really ever going to play this for anybody? But you know what I might do that would be like sort of a compromise is come up with a couple chord melody pieces for the next album where, you know, drummer gets or, a drum solo. Or live, I, you know, yeah. using, using that idea as an intro for the piece. Right, you know? exactly. I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, it's almost like it's not what it's used for or it's just a creative exercise to sort of, get deeper into your instrument and deeper into your music. Sure. You know I mean, I mean, it's yeah. like if we think about, okay, every, if, if every, if every effort we make has to equal some sort of output at some point, we miss the, the, the building of just like exploring, discovering and knowing sure. it's going to make us a better musician. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. But, I totally agree. And, and I would like to do that on the next record, maybe have a couple solo guitar pieces or at least one. And then have, like, even on People Mover, the beginning to the first song is a guitar exactly. intro. It's not long, but it's just a little bit no, long. No. And, and, you Whatever. know, I mean, like I say, you know, for you to, like, consider, oh, well, you've got a recording studio. You've got everything you need. Just sure. sit there and play some tunes every day. And, you know, if you come up with it at the end of a month, you've got three or four tunes to put out. It's just like little tunes you put them up either on spotify or facebook or wherever you put them i yeah. mean 
it's like God, you know, I mean, it keeps you create. I mean, it's you got a lot to say, you know, the world wants to hear it. You know, it's inspiring, you know, is well, that I guess. Is, I guess my dogs want to hear it pretty bad. Well, my, my dog's complaining right now, but I don't think it's because I'm not playing. You know, Scott, are you getting a vibe, or do you have an idea of where the next album direction, or it's too early no, to tell? I really don't. I, I don't. I'm just I'm doing a little different this time. Rather than working on one tune at a time, I got like four or five tunes going on at one time. Okay. And I'm kind of get doing the Kinsey approach. That's how he always does it. Right. He has like five tunes going at once and he comes back to him and he goes to another one. And when he gets sick of working on one, he goes and works on another one. I mean, I don't know if, if I'll continue doing it that way, but that's how it started. And so we'll see. Are you... I've got like all these little snippets. Like I've got a bunch of eight bar loops. I've got a bunch of 16 bar loops. And I right now don't know which ones are going to go in which tunes, and it's just it's all scattery and just. Are you do you play do you play right to a, like a drum machine or a loop or something? Or? No, not right now. I haven't I haven't gotten drums involved in any of my shit yet. So you're not playing to a click or anything like that. You're just freeforming it. Yeah, right. and, and like sooner or later, I'll have to decide. Well, is this going to be a solo guitar piece, or is, is this going to be in three four or four four? And what's the drum beat going to be like? You know, now, do you like time, do, do, huh? you, do you like to leave that to the drummer or do you like to have that pretty locked in? No, I like it locked in because I, I, I can't really, really write and arrange until I know what the drum beat is because yeah. the drum beat's a big part of the song. Yeah. I mean, you know, every drummer I've ever worked with has made fun of my drum MIDI drums <laughs> because they're fucking horrible and, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time on them because I know the drummer is gets, just going to take that and he's going to listen to it and go, okay, I know what ballpark he wants. Right. He's going to do his thing. Yeah. You know? but, but there are certain beats that I write that I need that particular beat. You know, like if it's an... Uh, I, sometimes I like the beats to be a little different. I don't want just... Dun, tsh, dun, tsh, dun. A lot of times I'll write a beat like... Dun, dun, tsh, but dun, dun, tsh, dun, dun. And that beat becomes an essential part of the song. Yeah. You know, because it's different. Yeah. Now he can take that and run with it and do a million transformations of it. But it's it's something sort of like a little blueprint that he can like that's essentially the beat of the tune and then he can do whatever he wants. But you know, there's gotta be a little something there. And so that part I haven't even gotten to yet. But we were talking about a great way to write um, in, in my class. And I just did a workshop at MI and it was on songwriting. Yep. And one of the really things that I've really used over the years that's really helped me a lot is writing in real time with your voice. You know, so, so in other words, you've got a drum beat going on and you've got your iPhone or a microphone and you just sing along with the drums. Sing rhythms and sing melodies and just sing i'm not talking about singing like beyonce because <laughs> i can't but singing you know but uh duh right you know like that and coming up and and i have written whole tunes like that because it's and, kind of the closest thing to being you right without letting muscle yes, memory or getting you involved don't need in your that. guitar you don't yeah. need your guitar you don't need your instrument all everything that's in your head 
musical phrases, rhythms, whether the rhythms go up or down, you know, the, whether, sorry, whether the shapes and contours of the lines go up or where they go down and all the rhythms. And I've written entire tunes that way and then came back later and assigned those, that blueprint, notes and yeah. chords. Yeah. So essentially the whole tune was actually written in real time but it was done with a voice instead of a guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's a helpful tool. I mean, it's I wouldn't want to use it for every single tune I write, but it's 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 been a helpful tool for me and I'm sure for other people as well. <clears throat> Bruce, do you ever do that? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, I get an idea, I hear it, I go and I write it, you know? I mean, or I at least write it down so that I remember it, you know? Yeah, all the time. That's yeah. where my best ideas come from. And but I'm always worried that I've heard it somewhere else. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's I hate that. <laughs> You're like, this is too good. I can't have thought of this. And I'll bring it to a lot of my friends who go, "Have you ever heard this before?" You know. You know, we, T. Lavitz, T. Lavitz came up to me and Jeff Berlin one time, and he says, "Guys, I got a new tune. Let's hear it." And it, it, it goes. Ba 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 ba, da 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 da, and they're like, dude, that sounds a lot like Black Market. He goes, yeah. no, 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 Black Market goes da ba da 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 da. Mine just goes da 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 da. We when in the in my job with my company, we do trailers and some like. Facebook is a big culprit of this, but a lot of the companies we have sometimes will compose a song for the trailer, right? Compose something original. And before they sign off it, especially someone like Facebook, where everyone is trying to sue Facebook all the time, they'll bring in a musicologist, which I oh, think cool. is which is horrible because yeah. a musicologist's job is to find something that they can go, well, that's too much like this, it's too much like that. So they've got to almost find something to prove their worthiness to their <laughs> to their hiree. Right, right. So, of course, any tune you can really find something. We've had so many times when we've composed something completely original and they've gone, oh, that chord progression is too close to fucking Taylor Swift's new song or... They just pulled shit out of their ass. And you know it's just pathetic, but Facebook don't want to touch it because they don't want to get sued, even if it's in the ballpark. So wow. they'll go, nah, next. So we've and lost. They actually bring in the music that it sounds like? No, they'll just, the music, this is how easy the job for the musicologist is. They'll just go, uh, nah, the third verse, there's, there's a melody there that's very similar to this, or this chord progression is too familiar and it reminds me of this. And Facebook will just veto like that. Well, we can't go near that because we don't want to get in trouble or even risk right. getting in trouble. So we've lost huge jobs over that because as soon as they say we're bringing in a musicologist, I'm like, well, we're fucked. Like, it's, it's all over. You know, there's... It's funny because I steal shit all the time. And, and, and uh, I mean, that whole thing that I went through of transcribing and learning new harmonic movements... I'm going to use every one of them and it's total theft. But the thing is, they're so short that no one will ever know where they came from. Yeah. Well, you know, they're really you short. Purpose them. I mean, those people did the same thing when they wrote them themselves. Probably. You know? Yeah. yeah. They, they took some harmonic movements and repurposed them. You yeah. Know? yeah. 
Yeah. And you can't you can't copyright chord changes anyways. You can only no. copyright a melody. That that's the but, crazy thing. They'll these musicologists will say that shit and Facebook and companies like that are so scared to even go down that rabbit hole, their lawyers are like, nah, we don't even want to touch it. It's like oh, so God. Bruce, get your guitar. Like, the, the entire body of music pretty much that's been written since Stand By Me should have been like thrown out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey Bruce, get your guitar. Yeah. Play this, because I came up with the other this. I came up with this the other night, and I thought, oh, that's kind of pretty. I'll use that. I'll use that somewhere. Okay. So play like an A flat major seven, and you play like C E flat, and those. That's the melody for that chord. The notes, okay. Yeah, but play the chord at the same time, like you know, like play the play the root, and then play the C and the E flat. Right, and now play a G minor with the B flat on top. That's a pretty thing. Right, it's pretty. I liked it. It's just da da ba, and it's a pretty chord progression. I thought, you know, exactly. <laughs> you heard it in two notes. You see what I mean? And it's like as soon as I as soon as I came up with that, I went, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. And then I went da 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 da, and I went, oh my god, it's the Carpenters. You know what? That's a sign of an amazing song that when you get it in like two notes or three notes. And it's a beautiful song. Oh, it's and, amazing. And it's like, the, the Carpenters. It's were just badass. like if you played if you played Bruce play um, an E flat major seven with the D sharp on top. With the D sharp on top. Yeah. That's Way an E flat. What's that? E, no, sorry. E major 7 with the D sharp on top. Oh, okay. And now play a C major 7 with the D on top. It's Havona. You know, <laughs> it's like as soon as somebody hears that, they're going to go, oh, that's that Jocko tune, Havona. Like right, there's some right. shit you just cannot you get away You can't get away. <laughs> so I wrote this tune. It goes like... <laughs> and that's the thing you know i was telling my students the other day okay what song is this da 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 right and it's like you don't even need the melody to know what it is it's like <laughs> i got an idea after that we'll go yeah <laughs> So it's just like pretty hard to come up with something that somebody doesn't recognize from somewhere else these days. Yeah. Oh my know. god. That's yeah. why there's that's why there's so much self-hate involved in songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't that the truth. Yeah, that's a that's a tough yeah, one, man. Almost everything I do, I go, Oh shit. That sounds like this. But luckily there's lots of stuff that you can get away with. Lots of little chord movements coming from other songs that aren't that recognizable, even with the melody, hmm. that you, you go, okay, I would never recognize this because it's completely out of context or it's in another time signature or something like that, another key. You don't recognize them and you can get away with stealing them. But the blues, like that's got to be one where they're just playing the same stuff over and <laughs> over and no, over. Yeah, but they're different lyrics, though. You sing right, one about right. your hound dog, and then another one you sing about your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the same. 
<laughs> oh, it might be the same. You're right. <laughs> but I, I mean, like I say, if, if it came down to being able to to um, to copyright chord changes, then then things would be. Re- I mean, <laughs> you know, there would be a lot of musical innovators that would have be that would be erased. Yeah, yeah, and that's that goes the same for amp makers because you can't copyright an amp circuit. Right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just what it is, you know, I mean, but the fact is, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I'm going to kind of modulate here, but, you know, it's like people have this fucking idea that, you know, okay, well, I've heard that way of playing before, so it's old, and I want to hear something new, you know, what the fuck, you know, if it's being played right now, it's not old, it's, it's right now, it's new. Now, if it, harkens back to something you've heard before, it's familiar. If it doesn't, it's not familiar. It doesn't mean it's not new or old. You know, you don't know that that shit hasn't been played 100 years ago and a bunch of people rejected it. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, a bunch of people might have done that 20 years ago, but because it never got famous, you don't know it existed, but now you're hearing it, so you say it's new. Meanwhile, something reminds you of something else, but it's being played right in front of your fucking face. <laughs> oh, that's old. Well, fuck that, man. Can we just get into the music, you know? I don't really consider it that way at all, old or new. I consider it, am I surprised by something in it? That's yeah, what but, I... But that's, again, that could... Well, at that point, then that has nothing to do with any of that criteria of... No. Whether it's attached to a style you might recognize... No, it doesn't. Or, or, or a sound you've heard before... No. Or any of those things. That has nothing to do with that. You know because, what I mean? Because it's sometimes kind of, there's too much surprise, and then it's not good. Right, and there are times where, you know... You've never heard anybody do that before, so you say, boy, that's some original shit, but you don't know that they could have just stolen it from somebody from 50 years ago that you never heard of before. That's totally true. And if you're going to put a value, aesthetic value on that you've never heard it before, then, well, you know, there's a lot of things. We'll get a T-Rex fart. You know, that happened only, like, how many billion years ago or million years ago? But you had never heard it before. (laughs) (laughs) It's still a T-Rex fart, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd love to hear that, actually. I actually would, too. I'd pay money for that. I don't know if I want to smell it, though. <laughs> did you Did you guys hear what Taylor, Taylor Swift did? This is completely off top, topic. but she, So she got screwed out of her... Well, obviously, it, it all went to shit, but someone got all the, the, only, the masters to her first albums. So just to, to fuck them up, because they screwed her over... She went back and recorded all her old albums. So, tell her fans, don't buy those albums. Buy these new albums that are re-recorded. Everything. I thought that was that was great to be able to so, do that. So, so uh, I guess it was past the date where she could get away with that, you know, because there's like in in those pop records, there's like those codicils in the contract. Like once you make this recording, you can't record the tune for another X amount of years. Yeah, I guess that wasn't part of it because she went I back guess, and re-recorded everything. Past that sell-by date, yeah. so she could do that. Yeah, it was. I mean, she's been around for a while now, even yeah. her. But um, but I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, even someone as low level as me, 
uh, I, I remember my early record contracts, they stipulated you cannot record the tunes you record with us for X amount of years. After. Yeah, mine did too, five years. Yeah. I think I, I think my contract was longer only because I was so much lower level, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Most of them, I don't, I don't know. Everyone that I've ever signed says you can't record it for five years. And that's... that's After um, the end of the contract or the recording of the original. I guess I know I don't remember, okay. but but I didn't really care because I thought after I saw, record this fucker, I never want to hear it again as long as I live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that would be my thing. I don't want to with, with, with someone like Taylor Swift, you know, where it's a hit. Yeah, and, and if she can go back and record it better and newer, and then re-release it on the world and like scoop her own Spotify. Yeah, I think it was a, a massive fuck you to the people that. They kind yeah. of stole her. They stole it. They did a business deal and kind of was a little sneakier than what she was probably. But, and my um, guess is her fans ate it up. You oh. know, they, they got they got a new version of something they loved, done probably better. Yeah, well, she'd and, be she'd be and, a better and artist. You know that she's getting the money instead of some you know rip off record company. You know, that's great. You know, I wish the world even gave one millionth of a rat's ass about us like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll tell you who cares about me the garbage man he left me a a personal card today what he said oh yeah it's christmas time and it it, it had an envelope and it's just you know thank you for the opportunity to serve you really appreciate you of course the idea is i'm supposed to put money in it and (laughs) leave it on the next garbage (laughs) but still he cares about me right (laughs) That's that's clever, man. But he not only he left it on the garbage and the recycling and the green clip. <laughs> and he knows the same people live in the house, you know. He just wanted to make sure, like in case the gardener saw it and the recycler and the garbage guy, you know what I mean? Maybe in case we're all different people. Wow. You clever, know what? Clever man. I was trying to figure out something. And maybe you guys know the answer to this, because I honestly don't. Um, you know what writer's royalties are? What? Writer's royalties. It's like the royalty that goes to the writer of the song. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. and then and then that's that's kind of administered by a company called BMG, Chrysalis. ASCAP. BMI. Yeah, BMI, right, right, right. So... I always thought that the label paid those royalties. So, in other words, whatever. But I'm finding out that that money doesn't come from them. It comes from somewhere else. Yeah, it comes from... Yeah. I don't know. Who does it come from? No, but, no. Um, royal, I mean, basically what, what I believe, and of course somebody will laugh me out of court here, but... Um, I always believe that there's a song and there's the writer and the performer, right? And, and and there's a stream of money that comes from the performance of this song. And part goes to the writer, part goes to the performer, right? That's the idea. And um, the money is paid through mechanical license, right? which is for printing the stuff for sale. And for performance on basically radio, streaming, uh, you know, live 
for performance and and also like that that whole fund like you know I don't the clubs pay BMI and ASCAP when they have live music because they're right. playing songs owned by these people right. right and that's how the money's distributed I mean so basically let's say you record a song written by me you have to pay mechanical license to Harry Fox or whoever song yeah. search, who ends up giving the money to BMI in my case but maybe ASCAP and Troy's case whatever and then um, and that money goes you get the of course the, the when it goes to the performance you get half of that and I get the other half because I wrote the song but in the mechanical license I get that money because that goes to the writer of the song right Okay, okay, so well, that's the way it's paid. The reason I'm asking is just because I thought that since the last two records I put out, I put out by myself without a label, that I wouldn't get any writer's royalties or BMI or mechanical royalties, but that hasn't been true. I've gotten just as much mechanical royalties in, as I have from out oh, there on labels. Them? Did you pay them? Uh-uh. Well, then you didn't get them. There's no money to get if you didn't pay it. No, I, I got you're get, it. All you're getting is performance royalties. No, you're I'm getting, getting mechanical royalties. But, but how? Who paid it? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> it's, a, it's either a mistake and cash the check quick, or <laughs> okay. you're mistaken. You know, because in order for you to get any money, they have to get it first and then disperse it to you. Yeah, that's why I can't figure it out, because I've got royalties coming in no no you're probably getting performance royalties for people paying playing it on streaming and, and radio maybe that's what it is yeah that's what maybe that's sure. what it is yeah, yeah. they're not going to give you money you didn't earn <laughs> well god damn it why not <laughs> i just don't see why that why not yeah. it's just pay me just for being me yeah that's and, you know, I mean, and that's like the last possible, you know, I guess it's natural that we go into this now. That's the last possible really money stream that exists. I mean, look at what Bob Dylan did. He sold his catalog, you know what I mean? Because that's the only thing left of value. Well, yeah. Touring is gone. Streaming has killed performance royalties. So now what has he got? He's got this amazing library of tunes, and he sold it to a bunch of guys who are going to, you know, next thing you know, blowing in the wind is going to be like an allergy medicine <laughs> commercial. You know what I mean? Something that Bob Dylan would never have gone for, you know? I mean, that's what's going to happen because they, you know, and, and people like David Crosby and all these people are selling their catalogs as quick as they can because it's the last thing of value before the music industry gets totally raped by the new society that we have, you know? No, it's, it's pretty um, much there. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. Bob Dylan well, and what he stood yet, but... Bob Dylan and what he stood for to sell out his catalog and completely give up <laughs> control for all those songs to well, corporate interests. It's $300 million. Or, or whether it's $300 million or $3 billion or 3000 it doesn't really matter what the price is at this point. It's just showing it's the last thing of value he has, and he's selling. And it's really sad. You know, maybe, the, 
I don't feel that way, but maybe the reason I don't feel that way is because I'm on such a low, low level that nothing has really changed for me in 30 years. I'm still getting the same royalties that I got 30 years ago. Right. No, no, I'm not talking about you or me. I'm talking about, about like you know, mega think, think about this guy who's like, he's got a huge concern around him. You know, right. when, when you, when you, you think about you, you know, you, you pay your, your mortgage and you do your records and you have your studio and you go on the road and you make your money. I mean, when you think about a, a, a Bob Dylan, he's got like a business manager and a, and an agent and a did right. 40 people. He's, he's got, a, it's like a, it's like a corporate office full of people and like money is moving everywhere, you know, managing everything. And for him just to sell it all off, collect the money and realize, well, touring is gone right now for me. Right. I mean, that ain't happening. And who knows when it'll come back. And he ain't making no money, you know, ever since Spotify took over everything, you know, the royalties from radio plays like, you know, and so it's like, this is the last thing of value I got, and I don't see it going anywhere, and boom, boom, boom. He's moving into that world. For you and me, you know, like, we don't have any music somebody's going to want to, like the Beatles or, or Bob Dylan. We don't have anything of that level. So it won't change that much, I don't predict, for us. You know, we're used to getting those Spotify checks for 25 cents and 27 cents. <laughs> well, I'm not, you know, my royalty statements are... They're, they are a lot of Spotify. In fact, they don't send paper statements anymore because if they did, it would kill whole forests of trees. Right. Because the I, statement no, no, would I, be like, they're like, a, it's like a, it's like a 200 page statement that they, they send me every quarterly. Right. They won't want to waste that much paper because right. so much of it is Spotify. But it's also real radio, real record sales, real this, real that. So you still get some decent money. It's just that uh, so it much depends. of it is Spotify. It depends on who you are, of course. I guess. You know, I mean, actually, the checks I'm talking about are Sound Exchange, not Spotify. Because Spotify I get from my CD Baby account. So in, in that account, I've got Spotify, but I've also got what they download, but also with Apple Music, also with physical sales. You know, it's like a whole statement. Yeah, I'm not talking about CD Baby or sound exchange i'm talking about bmi uh uh bmi and chrysalis bmg chrysalis right. i get i get those two yeah yeah and those are to, for me those are the big ones the yeah. other ones aren't no yeah. but but, yeah, but I mean, see i've got 150 I mean, tunes out there so that helps yeah no I, I mean i don't i don't you know i mean none of them are big but i i get them all too you know yeah well, you know, who knows? I don't know what, what's going on, but as long as the check's still coming in, every little bit helps, that's for sure. Exactly. But, but yeah. you know, back to the bigger picture, you know, which is, uh, is we're, we're, we're sitting in a, a really interesting moment in time. There's a shift, you know, obviously. Uh, a shift on the land. <laughs> uh, a big shift we could say a stinky shift on the land anyways but where we're headed next you know and where we as creative musicians can best um position ourselves for the new awakening of what's going to happen because 
what we're living through now is a big thing. You know, for the world to shut down for a year, uh, for all intents and purposes, for us all to kind of move into a different world of the way we're hanging out is on a computer instead of together. You know, while that was already happening before March of, of this year, it has been completely solidified in this eight, nine mm -hmm. months since. So we've got a whole new world of, of, of kind of the, the metaphor would be a forest fire that goes through and kind of clears out a lot of things. You know, the dead wood is gone now. And, and for us to realize the new landscape and how best to do business, of course, Spotify is, and Apple Music are strong. Of course, BMI, you know, all these, these things are going to kind of maintain their little place. But for us to realize, wow, you know, the world has changed. Therefore, we need to kind of take advantage of this new world and uh, make it work to our advantage. You know, and of course, the sad thing is there will be a lot of beautiful institutional knowledge that's going to leave us, particularly the older generation, older than us. You and me, Scott, our mentors who are still alive. Uh, those guys are in particularly perilous shape because they're not strong on the Internet and they they don't really have the energy to go out and be in the world the way, you know, when you're 80 or 75, right? right? And so, uh, they, and they have so much to offer the world in terms of knowledge and experience and wisdom. That's a sad, that's a sad collateral damage for what's about to happen here. But on the other hand, the world is going to open up and a lot of dead wood has been removed and leaving us room for new ways of doing things, ways we never even thought of that guys will come up with and then we'll be able to take advantage of if we're agile and creative and energetic, right? You know, that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm just not looking at a return to the status quo in, a, you know, in three months, like a year never happened. No, I'm not either, but I do believe touring is going to come back. And oh, I think I'm, I'm not have, saying it's not. I'm saying it, but it will have different dimensions to it. It might, and 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 it may not pay as it may not pay what we're used to being paid at first, because I think a lot of promoters are poor now, and and they're going to ask for, hey man, can you do this? I mean, I've been out of work for a year. Can you maybe come and play for a little bit less? And I mean, you know, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. It's just but I'll also, do whatever it takes. I do predict that there will be new places that don't even exist now mm -hmm. that are going to show up, you know, that we're going to play. And then we're going to go like, wow, why didn't we think of this before? This is a cool way to do this. Yeah, could you know? be. Because, uh, because of a lot of the removal of the dead wood. You know what I mean? It's just like there's room now for some entrepreneurial young kid who may dig us or digs whatever and says, hey, man, I got this new scene. And it's not like what you're used to. It's not like a this. It's a this. I don't know what this would be. And come here and play and we'll take care of you and, you know, we'll grow together. It's like, well, OK. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I think we're in that kind of a moment of change. And it's an exciting time. It's kind of. Like I say, the thing I, I'm, I'm the most feel bad about is I've got these dear friends who I who taught me how to play, who you know what I mean, who gave me so much to be who I am. 
and I see them as being just like outgunned <laughs> in this new world. And I, and in many ways, I'm kind of that way, but they're 20 years older than me, you mm -hmm. know. So um, just the, their knowledge and experience and their wisdom, I'm just hoping we can trans, we can treasure it and salvage as much of it as possible. I think we will. I mean, that's generally through history we've done that. I mean, as far we we're still listening to Bo, to, to to Mozart and, and Bach and and, and all Beethoven those guys. Beethoven is two hundred fifty today, by the way. I mean, exactly. I don't know put this out, but Beethoven is two hundred fifty years old today. Yeah, we're still listening to his music, so I don't. Furry Elise, right? Who was Elise, anyways? And why was she so furry? Yeah, but what is <laughs> what what has he done lately? That's the big yeah, question. Yeah, right. What's he done lately? Yeah, come on. I hear listen to that music, and 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 as a person that hears it pretty often, I find it pretty fresh. Yeah, you know, like it. And he was deaf as a rock, right? Yeah, and and a lot of it is really fresh, and and still sounds relevant right now. Right on. And, you know, so I don't really see that um, that horrible thing happening where we lose contact with all the great music that's come before us. Um, but it is, you're right. I mean, there are definitely things that are going to change and it's not going to be the way it was that we're used to. I'm, I know for a fact I'm not working until March 2022. So 22? 22, that's my next gig. Yeah. Should I get there early? Yeah, you got plenty of time. <laughs> you can get your ticket like in about a month and then you can have a nice long nine month dinner. So where well, is it? Where is it? What's that? Where? It's a tour of Europe. Okay, and, but I want to know where the first gig is because I'm going to start walking now. Oh, yeah, you could make it. You could easily make it. Well, well I'm going to have to swim across the ocean. Watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's... Alright guys, we're gonna leave it there and, and uh, catch up with the guys next week. Be safe, and uh, we will catch you all he next episode. And this is Bruce playing on these Christmas carols right he here, baby. Santa Claus is coming to town. We'll see you all next week. Be safe. Wear a mask. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. So be good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out You better not cry You better not pout I'm telling you why
Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming to town. And don't tell your papa. Thank、you